Ladies and gentlemen. Starring Mike Murray and Nicole Rovine. This is SNL. SNL. By the numbers. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to SNL by the numbers. We are back yet again for another week. It's another week. That means we're here. We've got a lot going on. We have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a fun episode. No one's going to cry. And if anyone cries, it has nothing to do with... <laughs> here we go. <laughs> no, I'm feeling great. This is actually wonderful. Um, I'm feeling amazing. I actually have never cried before. That's just something about me. Crying is something I'm unfamiliar with. So that's how I'm doing. Um, in all seriousness, I'm very happy to be here and I'm going to have a great time. And I can see that Mike is, uh, Mike has been a really good friend to me today, actually. And I'm very happy and grateful for him. So Mike, in addition to being a good friend to me, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, if you, if you start crying, I'll start crying, um, just for solidarity reasons exclusively. Um, but other than that, I, it's a, it's a good week because this is a week that happens every two years in uh, this country where, Everyone's really interested in percentages and uh, counting. So if we get more patrons on this podcast, maybe you'll have like a big screen and I can zoom in on like Maricopa County um, and stuff like that to do SNL stats with you guys. So that we can dream big. That's a great point. Yeah. And it, it is a week where these things are important. I've been watching the news. It's election week if you're if you're here at some other point in time. Um, so yeah, or, or the elections just happened. So we're we're coming off of that. And yeah, so I need a big screen and then just uh, you know, we'll we'll do some live stats that way. And then I would be remiss if I didn't before we get going with this awesome episode, that tonight is the two hundredth episode of the Saturday Night oh. Network of our podcast and we have had 200 very different episodes from a, a long journey over the past few years that includes round tables hot take shows super fan takeovers and of course snl by the numbers um we couldn't be doing what we're doing without all those people who have watched and listened that many times so thank you to all our fans especially the patrons and thank you to john schneider and my co-host nicole Yes, I think it is only fitting that we have a huge numerical milestone episode on a By the Numbers show. It's just something that feels very good and, and satisfying. And that's a reason to cry. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, it's, there are many it's tears reasons. of joy. Anyways, I'm a little loopy this, this time. But fortunately, it is me and two very talented stats people in the chat today. So I feel like I can be a little loopy and I will I will be okay. Um, so joining us, our very special guest who we're so excited about is Eric, aka at SNLytics, um, who you may have seen on Twitter recently doing a lot of cool stats, and we are so excited to be collaborating with him on this podcast. He's going to bring his own stats and his own stuff like Mike usually does. We have we have another status, statistician in the room. So Eric, thank you so much for being here, and how are you doing? Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, Mike, when you said that... Uh, this was a week where people are thinking about numbers and percentages. All I could think about was daylight savings time ending for some reason, because um, that has thrown me off all week. And um, yeah, the elections happen too. You know, that's important. Um, but I, I am just having a very strange week. I'm going on vacation next week. So I had to wrap up a bunch of stuff for work and 
it's been a weird week, but this is these are the types of numbers I want to talk about here. I don't want to talk about work. I want to talk about SNL. I feel that. I think we all we all feel that. Um, so yeah, I think it, it was a really good episode to talk about. We're in, we're in the middle of the Amy Schumer episode and the Dave Chappelle episode, which um, I know people have mixed feelings about. I certainly have mixed feelings about this upcoming episode. Um, but I think that for today, we have a lot of fun numbers to talk about. And so that's what we're going to do, you know, and we appreciate everybody being here to, to be numbers with us. Numbers, numbers, numbers. So I think that, um, well, actually, I do have one more question, Eric. So we always ask every guest on the By the Numbers shows just for a temperature check of the, mm-hmm. the season, which, by the way, Mike, I feel like we should find, since we always do the temperature check, let's let's brainstorm um, a different way to say that that's like has a number spin on it like um like a um like a thermometer some something that adds the number to it anyway eric back to you yeah i mean so, we could just so, draw a big thermometer and i can get a red marker and just like color it in uh, as we go yeah, on boston yeah yeah i think we should the, we'll, we'll the thermostats thermostats uh, oh maybe. bingo that's excellent no that's brilliant bringing okay. the heat so bringing the heat Um, incredible so what is your thermostat eric on just in general this season so far and you know as it relates to numbers but just just generally what's your what's your vibe um i think i am almost settled in to this season i think it was a it's it's been a rocky start i haven't felt crazy confident leaving any episode on the first viewing but i think that this is this is the season where multiple viewings help a lot and i don't know if it's because um you know the sketches seem a little bit uh more scatterbrained um and it takes a couple times to really to really get all the jokes that are in there but um i'm enjoying it so far It, it has not been my favorite season but uh I'm along for the ride. So, totally That's agree, Eric, on the the multiple viewings. Because um, some sketches that I've like thought were like pretty abject bad sketches have turned into like pretty funny ones. So, um, if you're not someone who's ever does that and you're a one and done viewer, um, I suggest doing that once in a while because things do get almost always get better. They rarely get worse. Um, and while Nicole prepares our first slide this evening, I want to just ask Eric. Why do you think SNL and stats like make a good match? Because obviously something that, you know, we're very lucky to have you in our chats and interacting with our shows and you started doing some of yourself recently. So why do you think this show lends itself so well to numbers and stats? Yeah, uh, a couple of reasons. First, there's 48 years of statistics. Like there's 48 years of data. Um, there's a lot of data you can you can make a lot of, uh, you know, inferences that, that have a, a, a solid backing to them. But second, it's a, it's a show that changes and it's important that it changes. Um, you know, cast members come and go and the entire trajectory of a cast member's career can be, um, you know, sort of cemented by how well or poorly that they perform on the show. Um, and being able to track that over time is, is I think really, really important and really valuable. Um, I've, I've done some 
you know, projects in the past where I've, I've looked at the stats on various television shows. I used to um, do character line counts on The Office uh, and Lost and a couple of other shows. And that's all interesting stuff, but like it doesn't have a lot of um, value beyond just being cool to look at from time to time. I think that SNL just by the nature of how the show evolves and changes and, and the people behind it um, really benefits from, from what we're doing here. So um, yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think I always love hearing good SNL stats mission statement. So thanks for indulging me. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I think it's the live aspect. It's that it's changing and that it's just because it's unpredictable. I think that's what uh, I totally agree with you. So we're going to look at the screen time now for the Amy Schumer, Steve Lacey episode last week. Um, and so this actually, we have, this is a little behind the scenes, behind the curtain, because we have the actual, my workbook that I always send to Nicole when she makes those beautiful graphics you see on social media um, that has the breakdown of everything. Um, so it's, if you're looking at the screen on YouTube with us right now, it's, you know, it's a lot of numbers, not just the, the master list. So I'm going to defer to Nicole to read them out. Um, but yeah, this has for the cold open on everything and how long each person appeared in those segments. So yeah, go for it, Nicole. Yes. Yeah, we thought this week we would try doing a little bit of a behind the scenes, um, you know, look at, at really all of the stuff that Mike does. So if when I make those like very, you know, clean and simple graphics that are like look very easy behind that is this you know, thousands of hours of work that Mike has put in over these years. So um, we thought it would be fun to take a look at it this way. Let us know if you like looking at this view in addition to the the other view that makes all of Mike's amazing work look like anyone could do it, which truly, you know, again. You truly know, the Jekyll and Hyde of SNL stats is, is what's <laughs> being uh, shown here. No, no. Um, anyone could do the way that I do these charts. I'm happy to always show anybody how I do those. That, that, Anyone can learn. Um, but this, again, amazing, amazing. So, okay, I'm going to read these out. So in order from most screen time um, downwards, we have Amy Schumer with 26 minutes, 36 seconds. Cecily with 12 minutes, 19 seconds. Huge number. Got to talk about that. James Austin Johnson, 8 minutes, 15 seconds. Heidi Gardner, 7 minutes, 33 seconds. Steve Lacey, 7 minutes, 23 seconds. Keenan Thompson, 6 minutes, 57 seconds. Colin Jost, 5 minutes, 40 seconds. Chloe Feynman, 5 minutes, 2 seconds. Andrew Dismukes, 4 minutes, 56 seconds. Bowen Yang, 4 minutes, 42 seconds. Sarah Sherman, 4 minutes, 28 seconds. Michael Longfellow, 3 minutes, 56 seconds. Ego Wodum, 3 minutes, 53 seconds. Marcelo Hernandez, 2 minutes, 58 seconds. Michael Che, 2 minutes, 27 seconds. Mikey Day, 1 minute, 34 seconds. Molly Carney, 1 minute, 7 seconds. Steve Higgins, 25 seconds, Punky Johnson, 18 seconds, and Devin Walker, 5 seconds. So, Mike, starting with you, anything you want to point out to to the listeners about this and anything that you want to highlight? Yeah, uh, for sure. When I was watching the episode live, uh, it got to a point in the night where I was like, wow, this show is still going? Um, and I don't mean 48 seasons. I mean that it was like late in the night and they were, they were kept doing live sketches. Um, so there's 15 unique segments in this episode, including monologue, cold open, two musical performances. We can update all that. So normally we get 12 
sometimes 13 if we had a couple of short pre-tapes. But the fact that this had 15 segments, it just, you know, it still was a 90-minute runtime, um, you know, from 12 to, from 11.30 to 1. But they just they packed a lot in there. And I looked back at all the episodes I'd done data on, and I couldn't find a single one that had 15 or more segments other than the SNL at Holmes. So that right away was just like pretty crazy. And then uh, hearing the awful news that Amy um, posted about her son being sick and how she missed rehearsals and stuff, you would have think that maybe they would have, you know, cut a few sketches to rehearse and kind of just went with a, you know, a lower number um, to fill in the, uh, the work week there. So that stood out. And then just, yeah, Amy Schumer as a host, which I'd love to get, um, Eric and Nicole, your opinion on how she did, but also the uh, high screen time for Amy. And going in, we usually know that if a stand-up is hosting, they get high screen time because of a high monologue. Um, but her monologue was pretty normal. So average monologue is 440, um, like perfect pitch, you know. Uh, and then so, and then average stand-up monologue is like seven and a half. She was like right in the middle. So it wasn't, uh, you know, too much longer than the average monologue. So the fact that she has such a high screen time stood out to me and she had more time than our last three double duty hosts, Jack Harlow, Magnus Dowling and Lizzo. So, you know, Amy Schumer didn't do two music performances and still outscored the screen. So those are my highlights. Yeah. Also, Eric, uh, just before, um, one, one more thing I, I want to point out just for, for full context for everyone. We also always ask every week on social media, um, what, who, which cast member, everyone thought would think, you know, before we had this information, who would you guess got the most screen time? And Cecily was the most common answer with 59%. Heidi followed with 27%. Then Chloe with 5%. Andrew Smukes and Bowen Yang both with 4%. So that's just some context. We always, this show, we always like to talk about, you know, the, the perception and the sentiment and the feeling versus the, you know, hard facts that are, you cannot argue with, you know, um, and kind of the intersection of that is, I feel like, what we what we love and why we're here. So, Eric, what what else would you want to point out about this? Um, so, I was about to say that it really feels like JJ is coming into his own as as a utility player um, because I was really surprised to see his number that high. But I I totally forgot about the cold open for some reason. Um, so uh, th- that point is moot, but. I, I, I'm still, you know, glad to see him so high. I know that people had been a little bit worried um, that he was getting left by the wayside. Um, so I'm glad he really got his chance to sign, shine this week. But I, I also feel like we have a lot of, we have a lot of really good utility players um, this season. That this week it was obvious to me that Cecily got the most screen time, but but after her, I I, I couldn't name the second person for the life of me who would have had the second most. Um, and I think that's just because there are so many players who, um, you know, can do a lot of great things uh, in their sketches, but they're not, um, you know, stealing the spotlight so much. Like, and the ones that are, I think, are are in, um, you know, one or two sketches a week. Like Andrew Dismukes will always have his Andrew Dismukes sketch. Um, it seems like Sarah has had her Sarah Sherman sketch, but there's not, you know, uh, cast members that are, are really hogging every sketch, um, from week to week. So, um, and then as far as Amy goes, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty high number, right? Mike, um, compared to other hosts. 
Yeah, it's, it was actually right below Miles Teller, who we, as okay. we all, all know, was on screen the whole cold open. So that really boosted right. his number. Right. Yeah. But that was, I mean, such an outlier. Miles Teller being not a stand-up comedian, not a former cast member or former writer. I mean, he like he really stands out, you know. So for for the, them to be so similar, it's like it's like so far them and then everybody is is sort of the vibe. Um, I think we're going to, as I've said, we're going to look back at, at all of these episodes and be like, whoa, Miles Teller, like it's, it, he was up there. You know, I, I feel like I, that's every week I somehow bring that up. I just think, with, yeah, we're going to come back to that. Be like, whoa, he was amazing. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think I will now show the power rankings and this kind of adds more context. Mike creates these power rankings, as we know, to kind of tell a deeper story in addition to this screen time. What are some other variables at play? Um, and that's that's what this is as I pull it up. Yeah, and uh, the power rankings we do on this show um, is really just to look at the whole season because we're you know we're doing the stat the stats week to week with you guys. So the power rankings just kind of say how are they averaging overall. So now we're at five episodes. You know, SNL season usually twenty twenty one episodes. So we really have like a you know believe it or not we're a quarter of the way there. So we have a good sample size and yeah. So when we see the power rankings, it just, I, I did include their scores for each episode, just if you want to take a look, but we're really looking at the average of all, all five. Here are the power <laughs> rankings so far. <laughs> from the First five episodes of SNL season 48. And I'm going to read out the average. So we, this one, we like to talk about it cumulatively. So this season so far, first five episodes just about a quarter of the season in, a little less, a hair less. And here we go. From the top, Keenan, 106.99. Heidi, 106.63. Bowen, 95.52. Ego, 89.99. Chloe, 89.92. Mikey, 73.39. Colin, 72.81. Andrew Dismuke, 72.18. J.A.J., 69.88. Cecily, 56.13. Michael Che, 50.10. Sarah Sherman, 47.24. Michael Longfellow, 46.43. Devin Walker, 41.49. Punky Johnson, 39.14. Marcella Hernandez, 35.25. And Molly Carney, 28.49. So, Eric, I will start with you. What jumps out at you here? Um, I think... What jumps out at me the most is the race that Heidi and Keenan are, are having right now. Um, I mean, they were killer close last week, and Heidi gained three points uh, above Keenan this episode, and that just brought her uh, even closer. So uh, that's amazing, just just how close they are. And, and for those who forgot the numbers already, they are 0. 0.3, uh, 0.36 apart right now, um, which is which is crazy. Um, but I I think that you know, they sort of do fill similar roles uh, in the show. They're, they're both being used pretty well as utility players right now. I think Heidi's actually um, led more sketches um, this season on, on the whole, and I think she might be the cast member I'm most excited about right now. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what sticks out to me. Um, it, everything else looks like it's pretty much... Uh, falling into order with, you know, as far as people's tenure on the show, that's lining up pretty well. Um, 
obviously we have punkies sort of the the exception that we're that we're used to seeing unfortunately at this point but um yeah everything else is uh falling exactly as we'd sort of expect to see it two races we're looking at keenan and heidi and then oh, yeah. ego and chloe right now are 0. 0.07 apart for the four and five spot and uh, just as a reminder i know we've got we got some diehard listeners but this is uh takes in appearances screen time um recurring characters saying live from new york you know prime time screen time so much um weighted values that equal these numbers so at the end of the day when you have like a razor thin margin you know talking about midterm elections we would call keenan you know too early to call right now he'd be waiting <laughs> for a while for those results uh so it just it always kind of cracks me up that so much data goes into this one stat and they can be that close because you know we're we're at five episodes in we've had how many sketches by now and how much time we've watched the show and that's it's that close um so yeah that was exactly what i, what I want to bring up and uh, this week, I added a uh, plus or minus column. So if you've been following us, you can see who's rising and falling in the rankings. doesn't mean they gained the most points that week um, over average. It just means that they you know, moved up or down in the rankings. So we have Cecily jumping up five spots. So obviously, she started at the bottom, missing the first three episodes. Now she's in 10th place out of a 17-person cast. So that surprises no one, but that's a big jump. Sarah Sherman went up two. Marcelo and Jost went up one. We had Dismukes, Che, and Molly drop one, and then Devin and Punky drop three after a very, very um, minimal episode contribution from them this week. Nicole? Yeah, I mean, on just to add on to that, something interesting with Devin to point out is he has had his last two episodes have been, I think, under f- five seconds both episodes. Um, certainly single digit second episodes, but he had one of the best episodes of anyone rookie or not so far of the season in episode three, his power ranking was 124.94, which is like, you know, if you're looking up at Keenan and Heidi, that's like, you know, above their averages, like a lot above their, you know, 106 plus is their average. So, I mean, for him to have such an incredible one episode, um, and then go go down like just that that range is is something that I'm noticing. Um, and then you know you still see him above his counterparts Marcelo and Molly when um, you know you can consider this stat as you take an average, but then you also consider like over time you know if someone is is pulling up maybe they're not having those sky high 124s, but you know like I'm looking at at Molly for example and they're pulling numbers like you know in the teens and 20s and 30s and 40s you know and and so I feel like every week pretty much they're making an impact um whereas Devin has been more one episode was so good and so memorable and then the last two we haven't seen as much from him um so that's just interesting with with numbers and we talk about like what type of player do you want to be um and there are so many different you know ways to to do well at, at the show there are people who've been there for years and years who have standout episodes and then aren't really in them. So um, I just, I find that interesting that his highs are soaring over the other rookies highs, but then he's also had more objective lows than any of the other rookies. So that's, that's just something I think interesting. And then yeah, Keenan and Heidi, it's, it's, and yeah, I think that their roles on the show 
like Eric said, I feel like they occupy a pretty similar place on the show. And they're like, when you think of dependable, reliable people who are good at making everyone else around them look better and, and, and perform better and feel better and all of that stuff, I feel like they both just completely embody that. And so it's good to see two people all the way at the top who also are really good at allowing other people chances to shine. Um, that's just something I'm always interested in with the data is I think people who are at the tippy tippy top often are not the people who necessarily are at the top of like our MVP polls because it's people who are on screen a lot and doing a lot, but they're not always in sort of like the, you know, I'm a star like that, that viral audio, you know, if, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but like, it's, it's, it's nice to see people doing so well, who also you don't leave an episode and feel like, oh, they, you know, took roles from other people. It feels, doesn't feel like that with them really ever. So um, I feel like that's a healthy place to be with the season. And um, yeah, I feel like this, this, now that we're looking at five episodes, it's really fascinating. I think my most, the biggest thing that I'm interested in is just how um, we're seeing all these different performances over, over time. Um, and just like how some people are pulling more gradual and some are up and down and all around. Um, it's, it's cool to see. I feel like by the end of the season, we're going to, this, this graphic is just going to be like every shade of green and red and orange and yellow will be, will be represented in here. It'll be, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, uh, thank you for that top tier analysis, Nicole. Um, I think it's also interesting that uh, that top six just has stayed. And uh, I wanted to, just, you know, as we bring up a segment Eric prepared for us, um, just kind of ask his opinion on um, if you think in the history of the show, if you've been, you know, I assume you've been watching it for a while, you're a huge fan of it, that do you tend to have more affection for those utility players? Uh, over the years or do you kind of like the the boom and bust players because i've done analytics on on that type of those type of players and who has you know not the lowest low and the highest highs but the most consistent numbers because i was looking at heidi and this inspired this question for you because um heidi's numbers were like very kate mckinnon-esque well putting up a hundred plus every episode so very like lebron james type of uh you know leading score every week type of thing so i was just curious and just on a you know opinion-based question but what do you think eric yeah I, I think my favorite usually are the utility players who can get their moment and I, I think we have a cast almost full of those right now i think um i think cecily really i mean cecily is my favorite cast member um currently and I think she occupied that role for a long time. I don't know if she will this season just because of her sort of status on the show. Um, but I think she occupied that, um, you know, people in the past, like, like Anna Gasteyer is one of my favorites from that era um, when she was on. And I think she kind of filled that role. Um, and other, other current cast members right now who are my favorites, um, Ego, Heidi, that's what they do right now. I mean, you look at, you look at Heidi's, um, they're not high. You look at Ego's numbers from this season, and she had her standout episode um, with Meg Thee Stallion. And in the last few episodes, she's she hasn't fallen by the wayside at all. But she's, um, you know, she's stuck around. She's made sure we remember who she is because she's been in sketches, um, but she hasn't 
you know, been the star of the show. And I, I think that's great that, you know, she can do that and that other cast members can do that. Absolutely. And uh, Ego Wodum was the uh, cast leader in screen time um, following uh, last week's episode. And then Heidi is now. So uh, I think everyone had been clamoring for that. We want uh, the Chloe, Ego, Heidi trio to be that new trio of the, maybe the Kate, 80 Cecily. Uh, especially when she was gone for the rest of the episodes. Um, so yeah, I completely agree about that. And we're going to move on to uh, our kind of wild card segment that we do every week where we do something that we don't do in other shows. Um, and uh, this is something that Eric prepared. So he's going to um, tell us what we're looking at here. Yeah, thanks. Um, so earlier this year, I started to gather uh, some statistics on the YouTube data from SNL's YouTube channel. So uh, I wrote a script that'll go and it will pull all of the SNL playlists that they have for the episodes. It will pull the stats for every uh, for every sketch in that playlist. So it'll have the views, it'll have the likes, it'll have the comments. Um, and there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff you can do with this, but one of the most interesting stats that I created from this was the comment to like ratio. Um, and I think that this is a pretty fair... Uh, estimation of how controversial a sketch is. Um, if a sketch has a lot of comments and not a lot of likes, um, that represents a lot of engagement, but it doesn't represent a lot of positive engagement. So I think these are the sketches that are really um, getting people to talk, but not necessarily talk positively. So uh, here on the screen, we actually have the, the top 10 um, sketches sorted by their comments per likes. And, and I have it uh, by comments per 100 likes is I think that's prettier to look at, but um, it's the same thing. So uh, I'll read them out one by one uh, and the comments per likes, and then I'll talk about some general stuff that uh, we can see here. So uh, number one is the Try Guys sketch from the, Grind uh, the Brendan Gleeson episode from this season. And it says 60 comments per likes. Number two is the Amy Schumer monologue from season 43, so five years ago, uh, at 45 comments per 100 likes. Uh, number three is Goober the Clown on abortion uh, with 40 comments per 100 likes. Number five is Charmin Bears, again from this season, 39. Uh, number six is Musa Villasenor on the Oscar snubs from season 45 with 29. Point seven. Uh, number six, Brett Kavanaugh, cold open uh, from season 44 with uh, 23. Number seven is Amy Schumer's monologue from this season uh, with 21.9. Uh, coming in at number eight, we have Ted Cruz, Sesame Street, cold open with 22 from last season. Uh, Gen Z Hospital at number nine with 21. And then uh, Brooklyn Democratic Debate Cold Open from season 41, uh, the Julia Louis-Dreyfus episode with 19. Um, so those are the top 10. And I think that kind of the standout thing I'm seeing from this graphic is that we have three sketches from this season in the top 10. We have Amy Schumer's monologue, which isn't really a sketch, but um, you know it's a video on YouTube, so I'm going to count it. Uh, we have the Charmin Bear sketch, which has obviously garnered some controversy due to the plagiarism um, that has been uh, uh, alleged about it. 
And then we have the Try Guys sketch, which is at number one. Um, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with sort of the idea that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about YouTube stars. And so that's, that's going to get a lot of people on YouTube talking about it. So um, I, know that, I know that John mentioned, I think, that when they were doing uh, the Try Guys sketches, or the, the, the episode two sketch, uh, the episode two episodes of this podcast, um, that he was getting a lot of dislikes. He was getting a lot of negative comments from people who had seen, um, had seen the videos pop up from the Saturday Night Network and they maybe thought it was SNL or they wanted to hear the takes on the Try Guys uh, stuff. And it was garnering all sorts of uh, uh, reputation, whether that be positive or negative. So um, that's just a nice tie into this podcast. But um, yeah, Mike, Nicole, do you guys have any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, first of all, Eric, uh, thanks so much for contributing to the show. Uh, made my prep time easier, and it's great to <laughs> look at something with fresh eyes. It's just awesome. So I appreciate it very much. Um, I, I love the idea uh, just because, you know, on this podcast, for this show, By the Numbers, our data is just so heavy with things that we see on the show. So we're getting some data that's related to the show, but that's not literally on the show. So it offers in a whole, you know, fifth dimension to what we're doing, what uh, I appreciate. And I think my, my take on it is just maybe that, because the easy take might be politics drives clicks, um, but I think outside politics is that um, just seeing a little bit of a trend of um, getting, which I think SNL ultimately wants more than anything, is getting non-SNL fan eyeballs on their content. So um, when it comes to them producing things that will be blogged about, or shared um, on social media that might, you know, people are watching it that, you know, someone from SNL could bump into them in the street and they wouldn't have, they would have no idea who they are. Like people like that, that don't watch the show at all are just, you know, they've heard of SNL. They're seeing that sketch on their newsfeed and on blogs and things like that. Because I always think it's funny because I'm so invested in this universe, you guys, that, I've like, I hear every take on things. And then all of a sudden you're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, something else outside of SNL. And you see it being talked about. It's kind of like hearing your favorite band at a restaurant. You're like, oh, wow, people are talking about this. Um, so that's kind of what I see here. Nicole. Yeah, I co-sign what Mike said about just thank you for, you know, adding to the show and bringing a, a totally fresh perspective and, and stats on stuff that we haven't talked about before. I think this is so fun to to mention and, and to think about and like especially the fifth dimension piece it's I'm a huge proponent of, of just talking about like you know the the implications of things and the deeper meanings and like and I um and in this context of like that's I think that's why I love pop culture because it's not just like what happens it's you know how people respond to it and what the you know what the PR strategy is about something in pop culture and what the um you know fan response is to something and how that really you know and like also with the Dave Chappelle thing which we're not talking about a lot here but one thing I will say with it is a big thing um about the controversy with with Dave Chappelle in general is that he sometimes I think likes his he thinks that his comedy can sort of exist in a vacuum and that you can just watch his specials and go to his shows and take that as gospel. Um, but the piece he's missing is the piece that you have highlighted here, Eric, which is that like 
nothing in 2022 exists in a vacuum. An SNL sketch is not just a take this for face value and decide what you think of it. And then that's the end of it. It's no, most SNL sketches that carry a lot of value and culture, you know, and, and transcend the show. Also a huge part of them are what is the fan response? How are people reacting to it, talking about it, you know, sharing it, all of those things online digitally. So like for me, this next dimension is like the reason SNL still exists. It's the reason it's an important show. It's because of stuff like this, because we can, um, you know, bring it outside of the show and make it bigger than the show itself. So like, I just am like obsessed with this stuff and I'm so happy that you brought this here. I can't thank you enough. Um, but yeah, I, I think your point also is spot on about how the nature of the, the Try Guys sketch, it was, if, if the Try Guys sketch was the most controversial sketch that SNL has ever done, then like we, you know, we, we are kidding ourselves, but I think it is by far the most controversial sketch in terms of the YouTube audience like that, you know, is, is shown in these stats. And it is, I think, all of our opinion, um, which is interesting how those two things can be different. But it's because the YouTube people who the types of people who would click like on a YouTube video or comment on a YouTube video, that is the exact demographic, like proportionately, you know, what percentage of each demographic had an opinion about the Try Guys sketch, that demographic had a a higher proportion of that demographic had a reaction to the Try Guys sketch than any other demographic in the entire universe, period, about that sketch, which is why, you know, we're seeing this and, and it makes so much sense. Um, so that's another interesting thing, thinking about all these platforms is like, what's the 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 meaning of, of certain content, you know, on this platform? I would say the same with the Charmin sketch, you know, people share their their sketches and their content. And, and so on YouTube, that, that type of thing, if someone makes a reaction video to SNL may or may not have taken my idea, here's what I think, um, you know, stuff like that can, can carry a big, uh, can carry a lot of weight. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I also just want to point out Gen Z Hospital. Um, it's another one that was controversial. Um, it, it had Elon Musk in it, but that was one of the least controversial things about it. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I am not his biggest fan, but his mere presence was not the worst part of that sketch. <laughs> um, it was just kind of all over the place. Um, and I don't even know that I would blame him. So which is, I want to blame him for everything, but I don't think I will for that. So Anyways, it's just, yeah, it's funny to see such a mix of things here, like things that are controversial for reasons like the Gen Z hospital being, um, you know, Gen Z having a reaction to it, to the Try Guys stuff. And then um, Amy Schumer's monologues, um, you know, I think the internet is, is really harsh on Amy Schumer. And so I'm not surprised by that, but it's also, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but I, I, I wish that weren't the case. And then also seeing Goober the Clown on, on abortion, Cecily's update segment, I, I wish that weren't so high. But one one other thing I'll point out, my last thing is, I think in general, the, the this metric is, I agree, it's if something is more controversial. I also think it can be if something, if there's just a lot of discourse on a thread, you know, so if like, a, if maybe it's one person going back and forth and back and forth, because they have a strong opinion on something positive or negative. So I'm sure, you know, and I know because I've looked at them, the Goober the Clown on abortion comments, there are a lot of comments that are, you know, not approving of it. 
But there are also for all those com- comments, there are also a ton that are individual people having like intelligent, well-intentioned, you know, earnest like conversations in these threads saying their opinions about how they think it's an important message and that Cecily did a beautiful job. Um, and so I think, you know, controversial is the word because it's just, I, I would say also just impassioned. I feel like this shows that people have a lot of opinions. Um, and it's, it's just like, you know, it, it's, th- these are sketches where you, people go back to them back time and time again to take, say their, their opinions and, and to express themselves um so that's yeah i mean this i this is this is so fun to to think about thank you so much again for for you know bringing this to our show to to talk about i love it yeah um and i i think you know one of my main takeaways from doing all this is definitely this is often a youtube specific thing uh it, it you know it's definitely revolves around that culture the culture of people who watch YouTube, people who watch SNL on YouTube, um, it would be awesome to have some kind of what's the total public discourse statistic um, for a sketch. Obviously, that's impossible to quantify or, you know, very hard to quantify um, due to, you know, a lot of it's probably word of mouth. Um, so it, 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 that's, that's tough to get. But um, that that's there's a lot of other sources of data I would like to get in here um, to, to, you know, improve this. Um, the other thing uh, on Cecily actually is, um, so we have Goober the Clown on abortion. And one of the other stats I, I have here is the uh, comments per 100 likes. Um, so it's basically the comment to like ratio. And um, that was the highest uh, for Cecily's Goober the Clown actually compared to all of the other, um, uh, all the other sketches, and so yeah, you're right, Nicole. Like there is just a ton of discourse, whether it be positive or negative, around that sketch. And then the other, the other point I had was, um, I wanted to see how Goober stacked up to uh, Tammy the Trucker from this week to see if that generated the same level of of discourse. Um, and it hasn't yet at this point. Um, Tammy the Trucker was ranked thirty. Uh, across all of the YouTube videos, which is still, I mean, it's really high. Um, I don't remember exactly how many videos there are, but, you know, there's got to be over 500. So still pretty high, um, but uh, and it might climb um, as, you know, as the week goes on and as as news of the sketch reaches those who aren't necessarily watching the show. Um, but Cecily's sketch had the advantage of uh, Ben Shapiro talking about it, actually. So um, the group of the clown, had the advantage of Ben Shapiro bringing a lot of views to it, um, whether those speak or not. So just wanted to point that out. Yeah. And uh, we're going to take a look at one more quick uh, chart from Eric and just to bridge these two together. Um, also like just shout out to the math on the last chart that the try guys one was like, was at Eric at a, at a 60 and the next one was in the forties. So yeah. not only was that the first, it was first by a lot. And then yep. just, you know, kind of stating the obvious here, but because um, I think this is a, a just an interesting topic and one that keeps coming up uh, about SNL's appeal to youth. The show has been on so long. Generations have aged into SNL, possibly out of it. People have stayed on, you know, and never got off the train for SNL. But YouTube is is a great 
way to look at that only because young people are on it very much. So pull up some YouTube stats and it says 80% of parents of children under 11 uh, say their kids watch YouTube every day. And 95% of 18 to 29 year olds use YouTube. And that goes for uh, men and women. Uh, 91% of 30 to 49 year olds use YouTube. So obviously YouTube traction is a good, you know, when we, when they show movies and they do focus groups, they say like, what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to see more of? So I'm sure that SNL does look at this, you know, outside of the stats that you know, they see from us, they, they are probably wondering, you know, the mentions of Pete Davidson's name on Twitter or the hashtags they're getting for a sketch, things like that don't drive comedy, unfortunately, but they do drive interest to the show, which keeps the show on and keeps the show relevant. Um, so we're now going to look at another chart that has the just the most viewed sketches of this year. And I think that what I'm talking about, about the young people appealing sketches might lend some insight to this list too. So uh, take it away, Eric. What do you, what do you think we're collecting this data and what did you think when you saw what came out of it? Yeah. Um, before I get into the, the stats, I, I totally agree, Mike, that it is the young people that are, are driving it. Um, and that's apparent, that's apparent this season more than any other. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is that usually what you'll see uh, in an episode on YouTube is that the number one or the number two most viewed video, at least for the first month or two, uh, will be either the cold open or it will be the weekend update uh, jokes segment. And that's because a lot of people, you know, they just tune in for the weekend update jokes or they'll go to the playlist uh, and the cold open is always first on the playlist and they'll watch the cold open and they might not watch much else. So um, one of the interesting things this season is that uh, with the exception of Amy Schumer, which I mean, that episode is five days old, four days old. So um, still some time to grow there. But with the exception of Amy Schumer, uh, there is an actual sketch um, that is in first place for every episode of the season. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through um, the top 10 total, um, but then also keep your ears open for, you know, from episode to episode, what the number one is. So at number one, uh, we have Hot Girl Hospital from Megan Thee Stallion. Um, at uh, 2.4 million. Also at 2.4, just under is Try Guys from Brendan Gleeson. Uh, another Megan Thee Stallion, we have the cold open, the Jan 6 final hearing, uh, which is at three point, uh, sorry, 2.36. Uh, then from Jack Harlow, we have the Kanye Skechers commercial at uh, 2.35. Then also Jack Harlow, we have the Weekend Update Jokes segment. Uh, also at 2.35-ish. Uh, then from Miles Teller, we have Be Real at 2.2. Brendan Gleeson, we have the uh, the weekend joke, weekend update jokes at uh, 2.16. Megan The Stallion, again, we have Classroom at 2.05 million. And then Amy Schumer, we have the weekend update jokes at 2 million. And then in last... Um, we have Jack Harlow, uh, David S. Pumpkins Returns. Sorry, David Pumpkins Returns is the name of the sketch at uh, 1.89 million. 
so yeah, we uh, Megan the Stallion is is sort of winning uh, at least as, as far as this list goes in terms of uh, in terms of views, and I think that makes sense. Um, Hawk Girl Hospital. Um, I'm not necessarily going to speak to why a lot of people are watching that one, but I have some suspicions. Uh, and Try Guys, of course, makes sense as to why that's so high. Um, I want to point out the Kanye Skechers commercial as well, which is at number four. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends who does not watch SNL, and he brought this sketch up. So um, that's just an, I, I try to keep my ears open for that sort of thing. And, you know, Mike, Mike spoke before as it's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't remember the, the analogy you, make, you made, Mike, exactly. But it was, it was a, you know, one of those things that I was tracking. So um, yeah, I was saying when you uh, hear your favorite band or artist like that's right. outside that's right. your own usage, you're like, even if it's their number one hit, you're still excited to hear it. Yeah, um, and I had a point <laughs> on the, the Kanye sketches commercial too because when I start, I try to start doing my data analysis on the shows as quickly as possible, because uh, it, it takes a while. And so I get the you know I I write down the rundown as I watch often, and then I'll. You know, I, I kind of get the outline going so I can start plugging in screen time data. And this was actually renamed on YouTube. It was Sketchers Commercial. And then it was renamed Kanye Sketchers Commercial, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting because I, I, had, I had taken it from YouTube, all the sketch names. So I, you know, I don't want to name them myself. So I, I write them all down as they're posted that night between, you know, 12 and 2 a.m. They start to upload them. And when I went back, I was like, oh, I didn't write down. Kanye sketches commercials for down sketches commercials. So they, I think that was very intentional to be like, Hey, this isn't just a sneaker ad. Like this is making fun of Kanye. So like, click on it, please. Um, so I thought that was like definitely an intentional move by SNL YouTube page. Um, so things like that, again, we're talking about getting just, yeah, getting that traction online online is a whole new space for this show that existed very successfully before the internet was even, conceived so it is interesting to see those trends um nicole do you have any takes on just either the hosts we've seen kind of more millennial gen z hosts or just these sketches in particular yeah i mean i could not agree more about the adding kanye it's just i feel like it comes down to the seo of it all you know like sketchers commercial versus having the word kanye in it especially these last few weeks just Having Kanye in anything, whether you have a platform or not, will get it noticed. And so when you have such a platform as SNL, like as simple as that, just, you know, throwing those words in and, and it, it makes sense. But then also you have like the sketch, like be real, one word. It sounds like two words, but it is one word as as is the app. Um, and it's sometimes SEO favors that, you know, like, I mean, on a meta level, we have these conversations for the podcast, you know, John and I all the time, like. There is so much art and science to these SEO things. And like sometimes having that one word of just be real, that really values the word be real so that when people search be real, this is going to be the first thing that comes up because that word will be valued so much because it's the only word in the title. Um, you know, whereas Connie Sketcher's uh, commercial. Yeah. Nicole, can you tell the folks at home what uh, SEO is? Yeah. So search engine optimization. So it's like when you search something, um, you know, in, in any search engine, I mean, I'm, I'm applying the term in general to like, just 
online in general, like with, with you're searching on Google or Instagram or Twitter, like I'm sort of co-opting the term, just like throwing it everywhere. But basically when you search something or, or even as something else I find interesting, like when you, when you're tweeting, you know, if I'm like live tweeting, like if euphoria, for example, this was something I, my friends would make fun of me. We, we would do euphoria Sundays and watch the episodes live. And I would be like sitting in the corner on my computer live tweeting um, because that's who I am. I, I like to be like that. And um, there's so, so much to be said for like just having the word euphoria in your tweet when there are like millions of, of hits with that word, you know, when euphoria was overpowering the whole wide world. Um, but then also with SEO, like, or, or with Twitter specifically, um, it's interesting with, uh, you know, like how sometimes not having the right words will draw people's attention more too. If you don't say a buzzword, but it captures people faster because you use fewer words to get your point across, all that stuff is interesting. So uh, anyway, yeah, just in SEO, just in general, like when you search something, how these algorithms pick it up, don't pick it up, what's valued, what's not valued. Um, it's it's like just from, you know, a business perspective, it's something that SNL has to think about. It's something that we think about at the podcast. Um, it's really interesting and really important. So I'm looking at all these titles and like, you know, I see that. Also, the main thing I'm surprised at is Hot Girl Hospital really went up. Like it was not um, when I looked at these, like, you know, 24, 36 hours after the episode, Hot Girl Hospital was not like zooming like this. Um, so it's interesting. I think the ones that are very like news cycle driven, like Try Guys, like um, Cold Opens, like We Can Update, those are going to like exactly like you said, Eric, those are have the most views instantly because it's the news. It's again, SEO. If you search for something, it's going to be there because it's in the news and it's trending. And then I think the ones that are a little bit more evergreen, like Hot Girl Hospital was more of just like, if you're a Meg Thee Stallion fan, you know, you want to go back and watch that sketch at any point. Cause it just so embodies Meg Thee Stallion and her humor and her brand. So that one, I feel like it makes sense that it will continue to gain views. Whereas the more news specific ones will grow at a slower rate even if they continue to grow or if that news item is back in the news, you know, those videos will get a bump, um, stuff like that. But yeah, this is, this is so interesting and it, it's turning on the side of my brain where John and I have these conversations all the time about the, the podcast, very behind the scenes, uh, by the numbers episode we've had today, but yeah, we talk about this stuff all the time and it's, it's, it's interesting and the internet is a monster, but a beautiful monster is um, my main point, I think. Yeah, that's great. And I just want to point out that, um, you know, as you talk about search engine optimization, three of these titles contain the words Kanye West or Kanye. Um, two of the two of the weekend update titles. So whenever whenever SNL does their weekend update joke segment, they always include a couple of buzzwords in the title. So one of them has Elon Musk and Kanye West. The other one has Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and Kanye West. I don't even remember what the Donald Trump Jr. joke was in this episode, um, but it's mentioned in the title of the weekend update. So just to draw those people in. Um, and YouTube also, you can also get the tags of the videos. So that's another really interesting thing to look at. Um, I think the most embarrassing one I found was on some of the Donald Trump sketches, <laughs> they had a Make America Great Again tag. 
Um, so people who were specifically searching that on YouTube would see those sketches. So um, a lot of weird stuff going on behind the scenes there, but just wanted to point that out. Yeah, the tags, that's a whole other beast that mm -hmm. is also really important, like with, with getting your, your stuff viewed on YouTube. Um, also, I think you, this is a wider conversation, but I feel like YouTube really values that stuff in a more consistent fashion than other platforms. Sometimes like Twitter, again, feels so random with Euphor with Euphoria, like the tweets that were just like completely gibberish, um, but somehow were universal at the same time, didn't have any buzz, any keywords in them, or just like a live tweet about the episode those were the most viral ones. And then the next viral ones were the ones that would do hashtag euphoria HBO. So if you go click the hashtag, you see them, but like there's something to be said sometimes again, as data people, you know, there's also the other side where if you just appeal to someone's like instinct and you just say something without the pretense of hashtag, do, 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 like sometimes that hits faster. So, um, this is so interesting. I'm like loving it. Um, but I think, um, that's a great note. Any any final thoughts about this one before we turn to patron ratings? Yeah, I, I had a wrap up thought. Just uh, I wanted to just uh, real quick bring up the inverse of what we just talked about, um, which is talking about SEO and you know very clicky things to put in titles. Is I think it's a testament to just good comedy and good sketch. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we, that's what we want to see, right? We don't want. SNL to be a cesspool of social media hashtags. You want good comedy. Mm -hmm. And I've been really hyping up this classroom sketch, which is the 10 yes. to 1 from the Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> and so that one is literally could not be plainer. It is called Classroom. It's not even like you would have no, don't know the host is anything about it, no pop culture references. And so I, Eric, I'd be interested is just is to see this list over a few seasons without yeah. that. Um, buzzwordy things because you might actually get some like hey I just laugh at the sketch and I want to show my friend this sketch not like it's being blogged about because it's controversial like your last chart so I think that could be something that relates it back to the show and not the um, reactions of the show is that it's really hard and we, te we tend to shy away from being uh, subjective about the comedy on this by the numbers podcast because that's the whole point is to be objective about it but that might be a way to uh crack the code a little bit it's just find like sketches that are just sketches that are shared by friends or you know rewatched because they're really funny yeah and i i'm looking forward to the future where I, where i have this data over time i mean right now i have it basically i'm pulling it pretty constantly over five weeks but you know, one day I'll have it for a full year and it'll be really great to see what sketches just has that constant growth throughout that, that time period. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally agree, Mike, about the classroom sketch. That's how you know if something is on this top 10 list and it does not have Kanye in it, it does not have Try Guys in it, it doesn't have something that people were frantically searching for at some point in time, that means that it is an amazing, pure, funny sketch that just resonates with people, which is like, I feel like deserves extra points for something to just be called classroom and make have a spot on this list. That is a good sketch that people on that visceral, emotional human level are just enjoying and clicking and sharing and loving and valuing and like, at a higher rate than they are anything else, you know, because 
the algorithms. Right. Like if something has these keywords in it, then people are not do not have to try as try guys. People don't have to try as hard for every like for every view on this on this list. Anything that where something was trending, there's like the the human effort rate. You know, we could create some metric is lower on something where it was a viral topic. You know, so like anything that you there there isn't a viral topic around that deserves extra points because of that like human effort variable kind of thing. So it's just that stuff is so interesting too, because um, it's not being fed to people just by virtue of it being the trend or the search button, whatever. So, oh, I could I could talk about this forever, but um, right. but that's why we just have to have you back on, Eric, and we'll we'll keep talking all the time. This is so yeah. fun. And so, uh, we're going to go to our patron rankings, wrap up the show right now. And this is our first time we've ever had a patron on our show. Um, so we've loved having Eric tonight and I'll just, you know, want to throw to you, ask if you had a favorite sketch and then, um, ask if, you know, you're somebody who with our patrons ranks the cast each week, because next week before we have a break, um, you know, I'm going to look at how the patrons have ranked over time. Cause I really, I'm interested to see what they think. Yeah, um, I I try to rank every week. Uh, this week I did not find the time, unfortunately. My my favorite sketch this week I think was actually the the big penis therapy sketch. Um, I think I think John had had the take that it might be the sketch of the season, and I'm inclined to agree. I think the way they were able to balance um, sort of the the subtlety of um the message on you know uh why he was in therapy um how he was convinced to go to therapy how amy was really trying to steer uh the conversation uh away from him realizing um how he was convinced to go to therapy i just i thought it was a really clever sketch i thought it was well done well acted uh overall so um that was my favorite sketch of the of of the of the night, and I, I'm really glad to see Dismukes top of this list um, as probably a result of that sketch. Um, so, yep. Yeah, I, and I'll I love a good Dismukes uh, uh, sketch. I thought it reminded me of the Steve's Beanie Babies sketch from last season with Lizzo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just I'll just read these off. We don't always read them off. Let us know if you like to hear. We try to like incorporate the patron ratings into the conversation, but um, you know, we're, we're trying different things this week. So I'll just read these off. So we have Dismukes and Cecily at 8.5 tied for the highest ranking. Then we have Heidi at eight. Then we have JJ, Sarah and Keenan at a three-way tie at 7.25. Michael Longfellow and Ego Wodum both got seven. Chloe, Colin Jost, no, Chloe at 6.5. And then Colin Jost and Bo and Yang both at 6.25. Mikey Day and Marcelo both at six. Michael Che at five point five. Molly Carney at five. Hunky at four point five, and then Devin Walker at three. So that is just something that sticks out to me is consistent with their screen time. Hunky and Devin were had the least screen time, and they're at the the bottom of these patron rankings. Um, also, of course, I mean my favorite stat that I somehow bring up every week here on the list of things that come up every week is, is Sarah's ratio of like how high she scores versus her screen time is always never ceases to amaze me how 
she's always high up on any subjective rankings, despite when she's not at the top of just pure screen time and pure power rankings. So that's always fun to see. And then Dismukes, I would say the same thing. He really, you know, he's right up there. Like Cecily had more screen time than anyone, you know, this season in general. And for him to be tied with her is, you know, he made the most of his of his time this week. And so that's always, you know, I, I think the best place you can be is not necessarily at the top of the pure screen time, pure power ranking, but pretty close up high on those and really high up on these subjective rankings because that means the people are rooting for you, fighting for you, talking about you online. Again, the value of this online discourse that we talked about. Like, I just think that's the best place to be at is, is people always wanting to see more of you and talking about it, expressing it on our show, on line, on Twitter, whatever it is. So, you know, those are my two cents. And any other, any other thoughts on here where we're good? good to go. I guess um, this, this term Mike likes to throw around the impact player of the week. I, I would, I would say just Mugs. you know, him and Cecily are tied, but for me, he would, just on on this rankings, I think I think he would take take the that award just by virtue of him making the the most value of his screen time, right? Yeah, under five minutes in screen time um, compared to Cecily with the over twelve minutes of screen time. So them to have the same score at the end of the night uh, that just definitely shows impact. And yeah, Sarah actually was like right in line with her power ranking. Um, that one lined up, and then yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I mean. JJ and Keenan were a little maybe lower because I mean it's very close, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm always interested to see the uh, how far apart Jost and Shay are because they always get yeah. often get very different screen times. So I guess it depends yes. on if they made you laugh that night or not. Yep, and see here I am thinking that Sarah was higher on this ranking, and it's because of my point in general of that like you know always ha- wanting someone to root for thing of like this. Um, you know, in general, when people always perform well on these, these rankings, it's, it's just, it's so ingrained in me to be like, see how cool that is, how cool that is. And like, I just think, yeah, that's a sweet spot for anybody to be in. So, and this was the uh, second best episode of JJ's career stat wise. I forget if I said that, but um, so I, and I, I like how, and I think because Eric brought this up very early in tonight's show is that he actually did play Biden and Trump in this episode. And mm-hmm. I think they're probably his two most forgettable. I, you know, not to end on a negative uh, a take here, but like that news sketch that they did in this show, I thought was like pretty bad, but I rewatched it for the, you know, we talk about rewatching and Jade was the only person who made me laugh in that sketch. So just his like mm-hmm. kind of weird character with the wig on. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I, I, we might think of Bowen and Sarah as doing that, th- that stuff o- often. Um, but I, you know, seeing JJ do it was fun. And so, yeah, it was usually we think of JJ as being pigeonholed as the cold open hero playing either the current or former president. And that's what he does. But he was, you know, the father and the looker pre-tape and he was the voice of the looker. Um, so I, mm-hmm. there's a lot that he can do and, uh, he had a really good episode stat wise. So that's my shout out to JJ before we say goodnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being here and for contributing. This was so much fun, and, and you're welcome back anytime. This, this was amazing. Um, so let everyone know where they can find you and also how you're feeling. You know, heading, we got your, your thermostat on 
so far in the season and and what's your therma your we'll we'll figure out another pun okay. for therma forward <laughs> yeah we'll get, we'll get there <laughs> what's your well, how are you feeling going forward temperature forecast maybe um, there it is i don't know uh oh uh, yeah uh so uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was this was a blast. Uh, really hope to be back at some point. Um, you guys. Uh, oh, and uh, as for my temperature forecast, um, when I when I saw the announcement for Dave Chappelle on the on the live show, uh, my immediate reaction was, "Oh yes, it's Dave Chappelle." And then I remembered all the baggage that comes with Dave Chappelle. So I I would say I'm cautiously optimistic right now about about next week um i think uh hopefully they can leave the you know leave the controversy behind them hopefully he doesn't uh impact um the mood of the cast too much on the show so cautiously optimistic is is my forecast um and yeah thanks again for having me you guys uh if anyone is interested in some more of the statistics that i gather um, and report on you can find me on Twitter or Instagram uh, at SNLytics. Uh, that is uh, analytics with an SNL instead of the A N A L. So that is where you can find me. And yeah, thanks again, you guys, for having me. Our pleasure. And Mike, where can the people find you? And what is your forecast? Forecast is SNL will air on time, eleven thirty p.m. Um, it will be hosted by Dave Chappelle. Uh, that's my forecast. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and you can find me at SNL Mike Murray. And we, again, 200 shows. Big round of applause to John Schneider. Big round of applause to all our awesome podcasters, guests, and viewers, lookers, watchers, whatever. All those people that do make what we do possible. So here's the next 200. Um, we're on a quick pace. We're doing four shows a week. So we'll, we'll get to 400 pretty soon. Um, and yeah, we'll be here next week to, um, to cover that next episode with John. So tune in next yes. week. Thanks, Eric, for being here. Thanks, Nicole, for co-hosting the show with me. It was, it was my pleasure. Um, all the times we cried and during the show will be yeah. edited out, but they will remain on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, check them out. <laughs> It's a, it's a top tier episode. It's a bottom tier episode. And where, where can we reach out to you? And <laughs> let's say goodnight. I also am very happy. 200 episodes. Um, thank you, everyone who's been following along in any way, whether you watch on YouTube, you listen on audio, you love what we do on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter, anywhere or, or on Reddit. Shout out to Reddit. I, I feel like I got to shout out everybody who, who loves our stuff on Reddit. That's an amazing community over there so thank you everyone there um my forecast i have very mixed feelings about dave chappelle like i said i think my biggest problem is that he's stubborn about how he thinks that his comedy can exist in a, va a vacuum and that people's opinions are not inherently a part of the art itself i think that's just something he has to learn because it's 2022 like that is just the way it is now however what i'm really excited about if it's anything like his last showing I think he's going to have a really long monologue appear a few times and then it could be a really great cast showcase episode. You know, I don't think that Dave is going to be in everything. It just judging on his last episode, I think that we could get a lot of really fun cast driven content this week. And I, I would love to see that. I think we have so many people 
who we have to highlight and, and spotlight. And so that'll be really amazing to see. I feel very confident about that. That's my forecast. I would be very surprised if that did not come true, because just think about it. You know, he's going to give us a long monologue. He's going to pop in, make some jokes throughout the episode, and he'll give space for other people and, you know, take his breaks and, and hang out. That's just what he's going to do. Anyways, you can also, of course, as always, follow us at the SNL Network everywhere. You can follow me at Nicole Rovine everywhere. Press buttons to rate and review and comment and like, you know, SEO, YouTube, algorithms, everything we talked about today. We really do appreciate it for reasons we discussed. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. And we will see you next time. Bye.